Welcome to Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. In John 14.6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Our goal is to encourage everyone to grow in the Christian faith by anchoring themselves to the secure truth found in the inspired, inerrant, and infallible Word of God. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. 2 Samuel chapter 22 verses 17 through 20. Hello! Welcome to another episode of Anchored by Truth, brought to you by Crystal Sea Books. I'm Victoria Kay, here in the studio, and today we're going to visit with Carolyn LaBeouf, who is a Tallahassee attorney and founder of Victress Over Darkness. We wanted to bring her on because we believe Carolyn has a journey with God to share with us. Carolyn has decided to close her law practice, where she has served the public for over 38 years, to venture into a new line of work to, in her words, finish well. Carolyn is also one of the sponsors of an upcoming summit in Tallahassee to raise awareness about human trafficking in our area and to bring the churches and the people of Tallahassee together in unity to fight this horrific crime. Today we want to welcome someone whose life has definitely been positively impacted by her faith and the Bible. Carolyn, welcome to Anchored by Truth. Would you like to say a word of greeting to the Anchored by Truth audience and maybe tell us a little bit about your background? Thank you, Victoria, for inviting me to join you on Anchored by Truth. It's a real privilege to be here with you today. As you said in your introduction, I have practiced law in this community for over 38 years. Kind of hard to believe it's been that long. I started my career as a prosecutor, and I eventually entered private practice in my own office in affiliation with my husband's firm, Brooks LaBeouf. I have really loved my job. I've met wonderful people, and I feel I have been able to serve them well over these many years. However, for quite a few years, I have had a desire to make a bigger impact with whatever skills God has given me for His kingdom. I really want to finish this life well, And honestly, I'm at a stage where I'm old enough to retire. I don't want to retire, but I do want to finish well, and that is what led me to my new venture. Thank you for setting that stage for us, Carolyn. Well, before we get too much further into our interview, we'd like to take a few minutes and hear about your faith journey. I think most of our listeners would be very interested to know how you came to this place in your life and faith. Would you mind telling us a little bit about why you became a Christian and how the Bible has influenced your life? Well, to be honest, my journey was not pretty, and I am a work in progress. I was raised in a Christian home, but unfortunately, I rebelled as a teenager and I went my own way. But God never let go of me. He lovingly drew me back and began the long process, at least for me it has been, towards sanctification. God has always been so faithful to me, and His Word has changed me, so I know He, as the Word, can change all of us. 
God definitely let me experience what I refer to metaphorically as being hit in the head with a two-by-four at certain points in my life. But he did it to take me to the next level of dependence on him. We always have a choice in this life. When we're hurt, we can run to God or we can run away to our peril. Thankfully, in my times of struggle, I ran to him. And I honestly believe that is because my family always prayed for me. My mother had prayer groups praying for me. And God honors our prayers. I think many of us can relate to the fact that there are points in our life where God has to get our attention. As the Bible clearly tells us, we are all wayward sinners, and it is only God's persistence with us that finally brings us back to Him. We think your testimony is a remarkable confirmation of God's grace. So, what motivated you to form Victress Over Darkness? Many years ago, I heard a keynote speaker at a college graduation, and she said she had just given that university $23 million. At that very moment, I told God, I want to give away at least that much to you. I began praying that he would give me a widget to sell so I could give all the money away to the great things that he is already doing. While I prayed, my daughter told me about the horror of human trafficking. I didn't want to hear it or believe that such atrocities existed in our modern world. And I sure didn't want to think it happened in America. But it does. This was all before human trafficking was common knowledge in America. Nothing was in the news or on television at all. No one wanted to talk about modern-day slavery. But I now knew about it. And once you know about it, you can't turn away. I now know that there are people making huge amounts of money selling people. How can that be true? Children are kidnapped, branded, and sold as sexual slaves. More often, children are lured out by other kids or trusted individuals and then used, abused, and sold. Women are sold, abused, and wrecked emotionally so others can become rich. After my heart was broken over the depravity of this vile crime, I knew that's where God was leading me. He gave me a big plan, and I continued to pray for how he would let me serve him. And I needed a product. That process led me to forming Victress Over Darkness. It was a long time coming, but I trusted that someday God might allow me to move forward, and so I kept working in my really great job as an elder law attorney. Well, I suspect that a lot of our listeners have never had any idea of the extent to which the plague of human trafficking affects our country or our world. So we're really grateful that you decided to step into the gap and not only raise awareness, but also do something tangible. That is so consistent with what we're told in James chapter 1, verse 22, to be people who take action based on God's word, not people who just passively listen. It's interesting that God led you into founding a business that would fund the fight against human trafficking. How did that come about? Ultimately, I felt God led me to design jewelry. I didn't want to do that either because, to be honest, I can't draw at all. And I'm not particularly creative. Certainly not like other people are. But after many failed efforts to have someone else design for me, God gave me my victress piece. I had it made and trademarked. Very recently, I launched my website with this victor's piece, which of course means female victor. I will donate all of the profit to organizations that are already in the field, on the ground, doing battle every day, fighting human trafficking. There are so many wonderful groups doing amazing work. I never wanted to be another charity. I just wanted to start a business and give the money to whatever groups God directs. For instance, 
I have pledged support for organizations such as International Justice Mission, Operation Underground Railroad, Angel Wings right here in Tallahassee, and Survive and Thrive Advocacy Center in Tallahassee. I hope to continue to add more and more organizations to my list, and I hope God provides the resources to give these groups lots of money for the wonderful and important work they do. It is my hope that God will ultimately give me other designs so I can add those products and other charitable organizations which fight injustice to my foundation. That was my original goal, to support the Christian groups that fight injustice. God came to set people free, and the Bible is replete with references to justice and injustice. What do you think are the most important ways that Christians can do something about human trafficking? First, I believe it is the job of Christians and the church to fight injustice, and certainly human trafficking is one of the worst forms of injustice. God gave us, His people, very clear directives. At creation, in Genesis, God told Adam and Eve to subdue the earth, care for, and look after the earth. Throughout the Bible, God instructs His people to take care of others, take care of the poor, the orphans, the widows, and those in need. We are directed to be His hands and feet on earth. This is not the job of the government. It's our job. We of all people cannot turn a blind eye to slavery in our midst. I feel strongly that the church and we as Christians sometimes abdicate to the government to solve social problems, but we shouldn't do that. We are the body of Christ, and we know that God is the answer and He has the answers. Just because we pay taxes does not absolve us from doing the hard work, taking care of other people. That being said, I want to recognize that people in America are still the most generous people in the world. It's shown over and over that once our people become aware of problems, we open our hearts and wallets to help. So what can Christians do about human trafficking? First and foremost, we can pray. Pray and pray some more. Prayer moves the hand of God, and He expects us to pray and ask for His intervention. We should engage in corporate prayer because God instructs us to and promises in Matthew 18 that where two or more are gathered in His name, He's there. And he further states that when two people agree, they will ask and it shall be done for them by the Father. I take these words seriously, and because of that I have two weekly prayer groups and have for many years, since my son was 14. In fact, it was two elderly praying women who prayed together in Scotland, which are attributed with the start of the revival in that country in 1949, known as the Hebrides Revival. God loves it when we seek Him in prayer. So first, we need to pray. In the film Nefarious by Exodus Cry, one of the last scenes is a human trafficking survivor who was facing certain death. But God provided her with a means of escape. She said at that moment she knew that somewhere, someone was praying for her. As Christians, we should always start with pouring out our hearts to the Father. But one of the reasons we are hosting the summit, which I will elaborate on in more detail, is to help Christians understand the gravity of this issue and what we can do. We will provide specific action steps for everyone who wants to be part of the solution at the summit. Well, why don't we jump into that right now? I know our listeners would be interested to get details about the summit. And maybe you can also let listeners know how they can get involved. With pleasure. I would love to share about a local group called Christians Against Trafficking, which is a group of people from all denominations who have a heart to see people rescued, perpetrators brought to justice, and survivors restored to health and freedom. Once we began meeting, 
We felt God drawing us to reach out to the community of God, to come together in this effort, to work together and unite to make a real difference in our city and the surrounding area. That led to the idea of a summit to raise awareness and to show people how everyone can do something to help. The summit is scheduled at St. Peter's Church on Thomasville Road on the evening of October 15th and from 9 to 2 on Saturday, October 16th. It is free of charge and we just want people who care about this issue to come out and learn about the groups in our area and what they are doing. We want to help people see how they individually or as a part of their church or in their businesses can partner with the groups who are doing the day-to-day work in this field. We will have some simple things that people can do, like give money, to much harder and deeper levels of involvement, like mentoring survivors. To mentor, people will need training, and we will be able to offer that in the future as well. The website is christiansagainsttrafficking.com, and we would love for you to register. By registering, you will help us know what to prepare for, so thank you. Who are some of the speakers, and what will the summit cover? As with everything else, God directed us to the keynote speaker. One of my prayer partners asked me if I had ever read the book, Crazy Church Ladies. I hadn't, so I ordered it. At the conclusion of the book, I was highly inspired and energized by what people in Alaska had accomplished. I told my daughter, Nicole, who is leading the charge in planning the summit about the book. Nicole responded by saying, let's see if she can come speak at the summit. Now, Gwen Adams lives in Alaska. The summit was only eight weeks away at that point in time, and she speaks all over the country and has a very busy schedule. I smiled and thought that was so cute and naive. But Nicole asked, and because God had already planned it that way, when he directed me to the book, Gwen Adams is our keynote speaker. And not only that, when Nicole first spoke with her, she said her true mission is to awaken the sleeping church, to reach out together beyond the walls of the church in unity, in addition to showing the church how to be a part in the fight against human trafficking. That was why Christians Against Trafficking, we call it CAT, was formed in the first place. Father Bill Krisner and a group of women at his church had a dream of uniting pastors and churches in groups of prayer over this issue and to unify churches to work together to combat trafficking. Who can ever deny that God is in control? We have a wonderful and brave young woman named Savannah, who is a survivor of trafficking, coming to share her story. God has redeemed the brokenness in her life, and her story will not only make this crime very real, but it will also break your heart and show you an example of God's provision, rescue, and restoration. What is the schedule for the summit, and who should attend? On Friday night, the session begins at 6 o'clock p.m. at St. Peter's, and both Gwen Adams and Savannah will speak. They will provide time for in-depth questions and answers, and we truly hope many pastors and pastoral staff will attend Friday evening. Saturday begins at 8.30, with Savannah giving her survivor testimony at 9. Gwen Adams follows as the keynote speaker. She will provide education about trafficking and share how her group of committed warriors have changed the state of Alaska by energizing the church and the community to action. It should be very impactful. We then go into breakout groups. One of the groups is for businesses, and it's hosted by my husband, Dean, who is the managing partner of Brooks LaBeouf, and my daughter, Nicole Whitaker, who is also an attorney. They will talk to business leaders about the need for businesses to ensure that they are spotting the signs of trafficking and not allowing their businesses to unwittingly participate in trafficking. 
Human trafficking cannot exist without the assistance of legitimate businesses. The second group is for church leaders and members and will be led by Gwen Adams. She will go into detail about the role of the church in this fight. The third group is called the Community Group, and it will be led by Robin Hassler-Thompson, the Executive Director of Survive and Thrive Advocacy Center. She is truly the resident expert on human trafficking in our area. And also by Wendy Strickland, the Executive Director of Angel Wings, which is a safe house that we have in Tallahassee. They will tell people how they can help, from super easy things to more involved action. We don't want to break people's hearts and then have nothing that they can do to help. We need to see that there is hope against this monster and tangible ways we can make a difference. It will be powerful, more powerful than you can imagine. We then get back together as a group and Robin and Wendy will briefly address the entire group so that everyone knows what is available in our area. Then Gwen will wrap up and we go to lunch. During and after lunch, there will be tables set up to interact with Stack, Angel Wings, and Victress Over Darkness where we too will be giving information about our business and how people can help by promoting our symbol to fight human trafficking and by purchasing our product to support the cause. Carolyn, I'm sure that all the effort you've put into forming Victress Over Darkness and preparing for the summit has been bathed in prayer and meditation. Would you mind sharing with our audience how you approach your time with the Bible and prayer? Victoria, I actually talk to God. I see Him as my Abba Father because I am adopted to His family because of the blood of Jesus. So we talk. I also read lots of Christian books. More in the past as I was growing my relationship with God than I do now, but I believe He leads me to books at certain times and I grow through reading them, just like He led me to crazy church ladies. I have done the year through the Bible too, but I honestly am not as disciplined as I should be to set a time every day. I wish that I were. Sometimes, since I often have insomnia, I read in the middle of the night and other times in the morning. I write things down when I hear them from the Lord, whenever that happens to be. I see my life in Christ as a relationship, and the foundation of that relationship is the Bible. Carolyn, if you had any recommendations for the moms and dads who are listening, what would they be? Parents, get educated first and foremost. You have to know what's happening in the world because your kids will be exposed, even in the most protected homes. Know all of your children's friends and their parents, and don't take anything for granted. Even what the parents tell you, they are not always honest. I found that out from experience. Watch everything they do online and monitor the phone at all times. Have no secrets and open access to their electronics. Keep the lines of communication open at all times, no matter what or how hard that is for you. When my children were teenagers, they only wanted to talk really late at night. Just be there anyway. Whenever they will open up, you just have to be there. I know many young parents vow never to let their children go to sleepovers, and I find that really sad. I had two children. My son's five years older than my daughter, but I always had four children every weekend and on every vacation. My son and his friend and my daughter and her friend. My son is still very, very close friends with all of the kids he grew up with, and they're like my children. So I find it tragic that we feel that's the only way to keep our children safe now. One of the best books I ever read for parents is a very old book, which is hard to find now. It's called. Making Peace with Your Teenager by Kevin Huggins and Phil Landrum. 
but don't wait until they're teenagers. I used to give this book to everyone at the baby shower. I ordered them in the droves and I gave them to clients and my husband gave them out to parents of children he represented in the criminal justice system. It teaches parents how to allow their children the space to grow individually, to be who God designed them to be. They are not little mini versions of us. They need to have their own personalities, but we need to know when to step in hard with boundaries. We can't be so tough that kids rebel like I did, but we have to know where to intervene And the book teaches us, it's a very, very good book, that you intervene hard when their behavior is going to interfere with their destiny or relationship with Christ. And finally, the best thing I ever did was join with other mothers in weekly prayer for our children. I started when my son was 14, and I could see that he was headed in the wrong direction. And by the way, my children attended private Christian schools. My son just turned 40 this week, and he is a wonderful man, but we still meet. Members have come and gone, but some are still the same. Some of them are still the same. We have prayed each other through life, and we hold up each other's arms when one of us has absolutely no strength left. They are my lifelong friends who I treasure. In most schools, there are moms in touch groups. I strongly encourage every person to find one in their child's school and commit to attend. That's Moms in Touch, and they are groups of other parents who join together once a week to pray over the school and for their children. We have to be intentional to raise godly adults, and it's even harder today than when I raised my children. I don't envy the parents of today. It's a tough, tough world because of social media. But I have three grandchildren. So the work proceeds until the day that God takes me home. Before we close with prayer, Carolyn, would you like to offer a few final thoughts for today? First, again, thank you, Victoria and Anchored by Truth, for having me on the program today. I so appreciate it. I would just add in closing that I encourage everyone listening to come to the summit on October 15th through 16th and go to both websites that we talked about today. ChristiansAgainstTrafficking.com to register for the summit and learn more, and VictorusOverDarkness.com to support anti-trafficking groups by making a purchase and wearing and promoting our symbol to join the fight to eradicate human trafficking. Together, we can make a difference. We can change our city and the surrounding area, and together, we can bring victory through Jesus and hope for survivors. We'd really like to thank Carolyn LaBeouf for being our guest on Anchored by Truth today. I think we can all be inspired by the kind of faith in action example Carolyn is setting. Carolyn's story is just one more example of how sacred scripture, the Bible, continues to demonstrate its supernatural nature through lives that are changed for the better for all eternity by its saving power. Today, for our closing prayer, how about if we pray for the Lord to bring an end to the vile practice of human trafficking and give us wisdom to know how we can help. Prayer for Combating Human Trafficking Great Father of wonders and miracles, we glorify your holy name, for you are sovereign. We know that even though you are high and lifted up, that you remember the afflictions of your people. You have a heart of compassion for all your children. 
especially those who are suffering. You have said in your word that the fervent, effective prayers of a righteous person will bring great benefits. Trusting your word, we pray that you would bring an end to human trafficking in our community, state, nation, and world. Lord, we pray you would grant great wisdom and understanding to the organizations that are combating this vile practice. We pray you would superintend the help they provide to victims. We pray that you would unite your people into a body united to be fierce warriors for those who have been enslaved and cannot defend themselves. We ask that you would give us wisdom and courage to inspire us to know how we can help. We give you all the glory for all that you do. In Christ's holy and precious name, we pray and give thanks. Amen. Before we close for today, we'd like to give listeners a sneak peek at an upcoming project that Crystal Sea Books is working on. It's going to be a poetic celebration of the glory of the Lord that is revealed in the grand saga of creation. This is aptly called the Genesis Saga. This is a portion from Part 1 entitled Seven Days of Wonder. We hope you enjoy. He said, Light is good. good. It reveals reveals my way. Then he pushed apart night and day, evening and morning of day one. The creation story had just begun. He split the waters above and below. He made an expanse where winds could blow. The heavens soared, his glory showed. The work of day two finished long ago. Light and water, heavens and air, by his power he banished despair. The morning star sang, Praised with prayer, creation progressed, his splendor declared. Then God gathered waters into their place, so dry land could appear. He created space for plants to come, yielding their seed. All this occurred 
as he ended day three. He put lights in the heavens, brilliant and fine. Throughout the earth, their light did shine. The moon ruled the night, the sun ruled the day. Day four was done, his beauty on display. Heavenly bodies, fruit-bearing trees, plants in abundance to meet future needs. The morning stars sang in mesmerized wonder, awestruck amazement throughout their number. Living creatures next, fish swarming the sea, and birds in the skies nesting in trees. A brand new world, vibrantly alive, the morning and evening of day five. He put beasts and cattle onto dry land. His crowning touch, he created man. We hope you'll be with us next time, and we hope you'll take some time to encourage some friends to tune in also, or listen to the podcast version of this show. If you'd like to hear more, Try out crystalseabooks.com where we're not famous, but our boss is.